2: I'm Barjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And today we're talking about what we're watching, what we're reading, what we're listening to in April. It's April, mm. Elizabeth. It doesn't April. feel like It's April. been a good month. Oh. It's been a good month for watching. Yeah, that's I true. I have so many things. I mean, I have Ian um, tore a ligament. His Achilles tendon, actually, in his foot. And so we're watching a lot of television these days at (laughs) night. So it's kind of wonderful. What are you watching? Um, I finally finished Yellowstone.
0: Yeah, we did too. Uh, The final
2: season. It's, you know, it's just about as good as it can get for soap opera television. (laughs) It's just, I think we watched it in the whole last season in probably two or three sittings. I mean, and there is another season it.
0: coming out. So that's the final season. you is mean, it really? The one that's out. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. there's going to be a fifth season, season? of Yellowstone. Well,
2: mm-hmm. it's wonderful. So if you haven't done that, I actually was just talking to my hairdresser who's just now watching Game of Thrones. Oh, she's yeah. Like, <gasps> she's like, I'm a little bit behind. I'm like, yeah, you are. But how great for you. Way to go. I mean, honestly... Yeah. So, but what I'm really watching right in this moment is something called Slow Horses. It's on okay. Apple TV with Gary Oldman. Ooh. Sort of a spy MI5 thriller. It's really, really good. Really good. And how many two episodes? Yeah. And how long is it? They've released three episodes. So we've watched all three. So okay. I can't binge it, but yeah, it's, that's um, good Slow for you, Horses. Yeah. It probably is restraint is good for me you're a good thing. What are you watching?
0: Okay, so I I just finished um The Gilded Age on HBO Max, which is another one that was coming out every single week, so I wasn't able to binge it. And I was I started watching this because our friend Jason Matheson, who is of course on, you know, television in the Twin Cities and on my Talk 107.1, he posted about it and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm going to get into this because Jason always gives me really good recommendations of things to watch." He wasn't recommending right. it specifically to me, just to everyone, but I took it as a specific <laughs> recommendation. So what's really Nancy fascinating sits. about this show is now you can watch all, oh, there were eight or nine episodes. They're like 45 minutes, um, to an hour long. And it's about, uh, New York city in like the 1860s. And so they are basically detailing what's happening in New York with all of these different like money, Fights. So new money versus old money. And the old money is like the Rock, or the new money rather is like the Rockefellers and JP Morgan. So it's really fascinating. The show is so good. It's beautiful. It's so fun to just see like a depiction of New York City before there were cars and before there was everything built up the way that we know it now. And to see massive homes, you know, that have since been turned into condos and apartment buildings for years. Um, but there is a really cool scene where electricity is introduced into the first oh, New wow. York City building. And so if you can imagine like what New York City looks like before there were electric lights, like before everything was daylight all the time. It's, right.
2: Oh, that's cool. So
0: good. Cynthia Nixon is in it. It is um just a really well done show it's worth watching on on hbo max i'm so excited for the next season to come out because i love it
2: so ian's watching it and has gotten into it i was not watching it with him and he loves it yeah and i sat down for a moment and it was a scene where cynthia nixon who played if you don't know the name she played miranda on second the city Mm -hmm. not the most likable character nobody wanted to be a miranda but anyway (laughs) She plays sort of a softer, very soft character from what I could tell. And I just couldn't, like, I I wasn't in the right mind space to sort of suspend my disbelief and it was kind of like, Miranda, why are you playing dress up? Okay, like, so I, just I couldn't, thought that too. I couldn't, yes. I couldn't break myself, yeah. but Ian keeps saying it's really, really good. So I just have to go back to it where I can sort of let myself be immersed in it, where I'm not thinking about like, I've got 50 other things to do so that I can let it wash over me because everybody loves it. And it's supposed that, to be great.
0: Let that just kind of simmer and you will, and right. Cynthia Nixon will transform into this other character. It'll happen.
2: Okay, well, she's a wonderful actress. I mean, it's just the Miranda character is so strong. There's a lot to overcome, but I I, I am confident I could do it. It's so good. Um, So I am, right now I'm listening. Oh, I'm reading. Uh, you would love this book, I think, Elizabeth, Being Mortal, Medicine and What Matters in the End.
0: Oh, are you it's speaking by, my language here?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's by Atul Gawande. And this came out a couple of years ago, but it was recommended to me by one of our nesters. Oh, great. Um, because I was talking about my mom and everything that my mom's going through. And boy, was she right. Um, this book talks about what is going to happen to us physically and why we need to be prepared. Uh. And it's really interesting, Elizabeth, because I will tell you... The 40s, if you don't have any health hiccups in your 40s, so if you don't get cancer and you don't have any of those, you know, sort of diseases or get anything chronic, mm-hmm. other than like I had a major hiccup at like 42, my 40s were glorious yeah. because I was out of the, I was out of babies, you know, I was out of having babies, I was out of raising little babies. And so my 40s were wonderful, except for that slight hysterectomy in the middle. But beyond that, everything was good. What's interesting about this book, it talks about what happens in your 50s and then on into your 60s. And so for me, there's a chapter called Falling Apart. And literally, Elizabeth, the book details how our bodies start to fall apart. Oh, they're machines. Yeah. And they're machines that break down. And our peak, our peak, our bodies' peaks are age 30. Oh. <sighs> After that, it's a slow but steady decline. (laughs) But but it's so interesting. How depressing are you getting today? No, it's really exciting. I love, I love understanding. And so for me, it's like, okay, now I know why on one of my teeth, my root is fully exposed, (laughs) fully exposed, Elizabeth. So I think, of course, I go to, I'm dying. No, you're not dying. You're just. Old yeah. and what happens is with our teeth is all of our 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 gums start to recede, the enamel wears down, and you'll love the statistics. Mm-hmm. By the time we're sixty, like thirty percent, or like like this huge portion of the population, by the time you're sixty, has lost thirty percent of their teeth.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: By the time no it gets better, by the time you're eighty-five, like a hundred percent of people have lost all their teeth. <laughs> So, I mean, it's just crazy. And then he goes into such detail about those things. So I find this knowledge really exciting because it affirms what we've been talking about on Best of the Nest, particularly last week and the week before, mm-hmm. that you can slow the process. Yeah, You can do it better. And so that, like everything he was talking about was so affirming to what we've been talking about with bone broth. Haven't done it yet. But bone broth and liver and all those things we're supposed to be doing, he does make the case that you, and this was the whole point of him writing the book, was that if you understand what can happen, you could understand how to approach it in the most intelligent manner. And I think we shouldn't fear. He said that's kind of the problem, is nobody wants to talk about old mm-hmm. people. Yeah, Doctors don't want to treat old people. Nobody wants any part of it, but it's coming. And so his whole point was the more you understand about what to do, how to plan physically, the better off you're going to be going into it. And so it's, great. I. I just love it. It's a great book. So being more
0: now, maybe you've, you, you went like a little bit good and then real low and then like back to the little bit of good, which I think was, um, was that was a fascinating journey that you just brought us on, Marjorie. And I, I like it. I, you know, I do, I was listening to, um, a podcast. You know, I'm I'm just constantly listening to health podcasts. This is like all I do in my spare time. Um, but there was a doctor who was talking about, you know how we can look at the state of the world as so stressful and so bad and everything's so out of control and there's so much bad and then he was like guys i mean think back to like living in the 14th century i mean yeah. you 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 lived until you were like 35 max you worked all day every day from the time you were tiny there were a few royals Who had everything and then everyone else had this like back-breaking, brutal life. And if you found like a few pockets of joy, maybe that was great. Imagine the idea of like going into childbirth then. I mean, I do think you're talking about, you know, that knowledge and really understanding how you can have some more control. And then I take that one step even further and go, whenever you feel like things in the world are so bad, Look at history and I will guarantee you that it has been so much worse. Like it's just been so much worse, which for me, that's been such a helpful thing, particularly in the the last few years. And that doesn't mean that we don't still have a long way to go because we do, but for virtually every group of people, life is better overall now than it has been collectively throughout history.
2: Yes. Yes. Except I can think of some where it's not, but we don't have to go. I don't want to go dark, but I'll just speak as a woman. Yeah. So much better. I mean, after I had our first son, Gar, the, um, my OBGYN told my husband that had it been prairie days, we would both be dead
0: for sure. And that's what I mean. I'm talking like collectively when it comes to lifespan, when it comes to like, Overall, the way that you spend your life, and again, yep. I mean, I'm, I can, I, I cannot yes. accept an argument that it was that it was better then right. because it's right. just like you really did live until. I mean, we have the longest lifespan that we've had. Now, you know, it's shortening a little bit in America due to some certain factors that we're poisoning ourselves. But you know, that's another <laughs> story for another day.
2: Okay, who's who's going dark now? You know, but that's okay. exactly his point in the book, and yeah. this is why the book was so necessary. One of the, and I didn't write it down and I should have, but it was almost akin to what you said, which was in, in the 20th century, um, like four out of every hundred, it was, I wish I had written it down, but basically the lifespan was 30. For sure. A large percentage of people died before they were 30. I mean, it was and crazy. so growing, yeah, growing old was this privilege. Right. And he said, now we really haven't readjusted our thinking to, Growing old, well past a healthy life, like well past when your body's supposed to be working, Mm -hmm. we have not addressed the fact that we've now surpassed that. And most people will. Mm -hmm. Because I think even if I look at my mom, really strong in her 70s, really strong until she was eighty-six and then what he talks about is as you get older you have these moments they're sort of flash moments and then you start to digress and then you start to sort of fall apart yeah and but it's but it's it's a great book it's well written it's super interesting i think everybody especially in their 30s and 40s should read this because there are things even knowing what i know now that i would do differently in my 40s for sure really for sure that i would like and i have tried to take things pretty stand
0: good. out like what what's like one um, thing that you can think of i know i'm putting you on I the spot i would have eaten
2: no 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 i would have eaten better yeah i would have eaten i think you're really in i think you do that really with i mean you inspire me in that way is you're really conscious of food for taste and fuel and nutrition mhm um, and I think that that's, I think that's going to serve you really well in the long run. Like right now you could eat, you could not eat well and your body may not, you're pretty in touch with yourself. So you would probably feel it, but most yeah. people don't. Well, that, but yeah. what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is that you've done this for so long, mm-hmm. the benefits of this are going to be for you in your sixties. The real benefits are going to be in your sixties and seventies. Number one, cause you're probably going to make it to your sixties and seventies. And number two, because you feel, you're going to feel good. And so I think I would have changed, you know, I changed, I got pretty serious about my diet in my late forties and I'm glad I did then, but I would have done it even sooner. And the only reason I did it in my late forties is because I was hearing about all these women in menopause who were miserable. And I thought, what can I do now? I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't even perimenopausal. What can I do to make my body be ready for what's coming? Because when you hear, when you hear older people talk about it, it's like, holy God, it's like a tsunami, you know? I mean, it's frightening. So I would change that.
0: Yeah, I, you know, the interesting thing for me was I thank God for my first job in morning TV news because that is when I really started to realize that if I didn't eat well and I wasn't like fueling my body properly, I couldn't function because I was so tired and I was very stressed because I had a job that I did not know what I was doing at all. And I also made $19,000 a year. So it was stressful, challenging and stressful. And it was difficult to eat well when I had no money for sure. And, um, but that was like the real beginning. And I credit that to, um, I was just talking about this last night with some people that I can't, I can't function at the level I function at if I don't eat well and I don't have good nutrition. And so I know that. And, and so that's just been a really consistent thing, even now. I mean, but things shift now. I mean, I'm at, I'm now a two drink maximum person. I start to go into three and it's, it's not a, it's not a, I'm bombed situation. It's a, I feel like crap the next day situation. This is right, just how it goes.
2: Alcohol is a big one, and I oh. didn't. I didn't really start drinking again until I was in my probably forties. I had stopped from like twenty three to forty. Yep, and then I started drinking again in my forties, and not a lot, but probably drank more in my fifties, and. Certainly, I'm drinking a lot less now because it's just not good for you.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not tough. good for you. It's a hard so, pill to swallow when they're like, yeah, all those times that they're like, "Hey, wine is so great for you, and you should drink it to live a longer life." It, it's, it's those studies are often funded by the wine people. <laughs>
2: And um, the problem yeah. is too, it's like, maybe like a thimbleful is good for you. I know. But like know, two glasses yeah. of wine a day is not, but yeah. anyway, all of yeah. that, it's the book is just a really good, and I, I, I would recommend it to anybody in your thirties and forties is this is because all of the good stuff, whether, and it's true financially as well, all of the good stuff that you can do is right now it's in your thirties and forties, by the time you're in your sixties, it, you know, the story's kind of told, so you gotta, you gotta be. You got to be really, really mindful. Tell us proactive. the name of the
0: book one more time.
2: Being mortal. Being mortal. Got it. Let me get the whole subtitle. Yeah, it's Being Mortal, um, being mortal: Medicine and What Matters in the End. Oh, so, that's it's really right. okay, so it's really good. Okay. So I just good.
0: started um, a new book that I'm very excited about, and I was able to get a preview copy because I happen to know the people who wrote it. So if you've listened to Best to the Nest, you know that um, we had a fill-in host one time, and she's fantastic. Her name is Stephanie Hansen, and she is a well-known foodie. She has a cookbook coming out um, in the Twin Cities. She is a regular contributor on My Talk 107.1, and her husband and her daughter together wrote a book called The Barons. And I got a copy of it and I just started reading it two nights ago and I am obsessed. Like I'm just waiting to read more. And so, um, I'm going to read a little bit of the description. So it, it's published by Simon and Schuster. It's a, or distributed by them. It is, the cover is fantastic. And it's called the barons, a novel of love and death in the Canadian Arctic. And, um, they describe the book as a riveting debut that is at once a whitewater adventure, coming-of-age novel, and tale of tragic love and an extraordinary father-daughter collaboration. And so essentially what's happening at the beginning of the book is that two young women who are dating, Lee and Holly, um, Holly loves these adventures. And Holly convinces Lee to go on this extreme uh, whitewater rafting, like portaging, adventure in the Canadian Arctic, um, over a summer. And so you're exploring like their relationship, you are getting to know them and you're figuring out, uh, their survival. And I don't want to give too much away, but it starts with a bang. And, um, and then the story continues. It is so beautifully written. It is just, and I've had conversations with both Kurt and Ellie. I know a lot about Ellie more through her mom, through Stephanie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they are an adventurous family.
2: Very and, much so.
0: Um, and then Ellie, the story is inspired by a trip that Ellie took with her girlfriends and then also inspired by her growing up as a gay young woman. And um, it is, I'm so into it and I'm so pumped about it. So it's really I am really so wonderful. excited.
2: I'm so excited for them because I, Stephanie, you know, I've watched Stephanie on Instagram and I've known her for years. And so I knew the book was coming out. I guess I hadn't quite realized that it was, when does it come out, out?
0: This is a print soon? I think um, within the next few weeks, because then they're doing like a launch party too that I just got a note about. And so, um, oh, and right. I think that's at the beginning of May. So again, it's called The Barons, and um, I've linked up, you know, the the link to it and when you can start to pre-order and get it. Um, let's see.
2: You know, we really should have Kurt and Ellie on to talk about what it's like to work with your father.
0: Yeah. May 3rd. May 3rd is when you can order it oh, on Amazon. Fantastic. So I Yeah, can't... let's have them on because I'm fascinated by
2: that. That speaks to their relationship that they were able to write a book together.
0: And I, Imagine I keep thinking how... about that. I think about it as Wait. I read it. I'm like, how did they do this together? Do this.
2: So let's book them because I think even in terms of the best of the nest, how do you build a relationship with your daughter that you could do something like that? And how did that go? It's crazy. I mean, I'm fascinated by that. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I'm very I'm, excited. I'm already
0: about that. excited to read more tonight. So, um, it's it's I'm about a 100 pages in, but I I can't get enough. I want to stay okay, awake longer su- so I can read more. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you need to sleep. Yeah. You need to sleep. Yeah. Big surprise, I'm listening to as it was, the new single dropped by Harry Styles. You're the biggest you Harry heard the Styles yet?
0: fan of any any person I know. It's so I know, funny. And I, I think- love it.
2: I think I said something to somebody. Oh, to the nurse at my mom's, um, at my mom's assisted living facility. I said something about Harry Styles and she's probably in her thirties and she looked at me. She had no idea who he was. And she's like, is that like the guy in one direction? I'm like, well, yeah, but he's not in one direction anymore. (laughs) I mean, honestly, how did I, how did I become the biggest Harry Styles fan? I am. I'm a huge fan. Um, his new single, Have You Heard It? No. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, you need to play this on the show today.
0: It's I can't, we can't even good. play music on the show. That's a whole nother thing. It's a whole, it's a whole okay, thing, but I would like strong. to, I will listen to it. I will find a okay, way go stream listen it to it on the old Spotify or something.
2: So if you haven't been following Harry Styles life, Harry Styles is in relationship with Olivia Wilde, who was in relationship and engaged to Jason Sudeikis.
0: Yeah. And they have kids together. So
2: so they have kids together. So he goes to London to do his show, um, Help Me. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. She's directing a movie. They fire the leading man in the movie. They hire Harry Styles. And then she promptly is in relationship with Harry Styles.
0: Yeah, she left it. They say today, it didn't guys. overlap.
2: I know they say it doesn't overlap that she'd already separated from Jason Sudeikis, but it's this whole triangle of love and pain and everything else. And all of that is in this song, very personal song, very personal song. But anyway, so this debuted number one on the billboard charts and in one week it had 43.8 million streams in one week. I know I'm not the only one who's a fan. No. Isn't that crazy? You love Harry Styles. I love it. I do. You're just staring at me like she's insane.
0: I'm glad that you like it. And I am glad that you like that story. And I do think I kind of loved the (laughs) Olivia Wilde directing and then uh, the younger leading man and then getting into a relationship with him because I just think that that is the cliche that has been the reverse with like the older male director and the young ingenue so many times. And so I just feel like I like that the script flipped there, even though I feel... Sad for Jason Sudeikis, but that's a whole... I feel deal. sad for him too. And
2: I, you know, isn't it weird though that Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles can go off and have a relationship under those circumstances and nobody criticizes her? Yeah. Like nobody judges her in the way that men get judged. I just think we've got I to be know. consistent. We've got to be consistent. I, I mean, quite frankly, I think anybody in those situations, it gets very complicated. It is, cause complicated. is there. Is there a power dynamic? Yes, I guess there is. Whatever. It's very hard. I think it's because I worked in media my whole life. And I think we both know, whether you're in movies or television or radio, it's really hard to meet people outside of your own industry. And so sometimes when people are so critical of those relationships, I think, well, that's those the only people you're meeting. Yeah. And so it's very tricky. But oh, yeah. so I'm Doctors not going to judge. Marry each together.
0: other, like that's how you know they they yeah. meet each other, and they're like, oh hey, who's hanging out? My in sister anesthesia? married her resident. See? Yeah, my
2: sister married her. Like, what is it called a medicine? He was the resident and she was the medical student. So See? it
0: happens. That's a yeah. crazy it happens all the time. Okay. Um. So I want to recommend that you listen to a friend of mine's podcast. And I happen to be, I was a guest on it last um, November. And I just had a friend text me this morning that she's listening to my episode and she really loved it. So, uh, my friend's name is Ben Lieber, and Ben is a former Minnesota Viking. He does a ton of play-by-play for, like, you know, Big Ten sports. He is on KFan, which is a radio station in the Twin Cities in the mornings, and he is such a joy. And his podcast is called Unrestricted, and I loved being on it because it's just kind of conversations with people about like what's working for them and what's what their challenges are and he has such a great conversational way of speaking about this and ben and i spiraled into our mutual love of like weird wellness things in the conversation and we joked that we have, oh, we both have an addiction to snake oil and that our respective spouses <laughs> like his wife abby and my husband jay that they are like the same person because these boxes show up and they're like, what did you buy now? Like, what did you buy into? What kind of snake oil are you buying into? So then now Ben and I have evolved into this like texting relationship of like, okay, (laughs) have I gone off the deep end with my latest purchase, which has been very funny. But, um, but Ben has, that's great. You know, you, I, I linked up my episode (laughs) if you want to listen to it. And then he has tons of episodes with way more important people than me. And, um, And they're just, it's just really great. And he's just, he's just a genuinely like kind and curious person. And so I like hearing how he interacts with people. So again, it's Ben Lieber the podcast is called Unrestricted. I linked up my episode in the show notes, but you can um, listen to all sorts of episodes as well. I think you will like it.
2: So, so busy month in April, uh, we're going to try, so we're gonna try. We may miss a week somewhere in here on the podcast, but we're gonna try not to. So I'm bringing my, I'm bringing obviously my phone to Italy. I have a iPhone mic, um, which I'm bringing with me.
0: So we'll see. We're gonna try to record a podcast while you're in Italy.
2: I mean, yeah. Great. Why
0: not? Why not? I'll be here. I'm so excited.
2: I'm landing in Milan on Easter Sunday. <sighs> And I've already seen, there's a woman who I follow who's sort of a fashionista in Milan, and she was already posting pictures of all of the chocolate chops and the, the Easter eggs. I mean, Europe does Easter. I, I lived in Spain one year during Easter and I was in southern Spain on Easter and there's something so different about how Europeans celebrate Easter than how we do yeah I, I mean and just just from i'm I'm not even talking religiously i'm only talking about chocolate so i mean it's just amazing so i'm just so glad that i'm going to get to see some of the the bakeries and the chocolate shops and all of that when i get there so i'm very excited about uh, that oh have but, a
0: great trip okay i hope I'll i get will. to talk to you and we've got some other yeah. fun um, fun guests and things planned um, coming up for Best of the Nest too, Marjorie. I've been working on my guest booking, which is very good. wonderful. So if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts.
2: So from EAC this morning, she wrote, "Yay, back together! Loved them on their show and love this podcast. Yay! Can't stop giggling about the banana for Christmas. Gets me every time." Now I feel like we need to change our logo or something. This banana has become sort of epic. So,
0: the banana and the stocking. It's go. very good. Very good.
2: Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home.
1: To be your best every day.